the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Uh, I think we might as well stick with the Chiefs when we're talking about the tight ends. Travis Kelsey, anybody? All right, so his ADP right now is in the top five. And while he's a first-round pick, and I don't have any concerns about him, I don't care that he's 33 going on 34, he's shown no signs of, of slowing down. I do find myself having a hard time taking him as a top-five overall pick. I'm better, um, or I should say I'm more okay with it, if I'm in that 9 through 12 slot, assuming you're playing in 12-man leagues, taking him there. Because basically, you have to take him over Austin Eckler. You got to take him over Tyreek Hill. You got to take him over Cooper Cup, B. John Robinson. All those players come after. And as great as Travis Kelsey is, I have all of those players projected to score more points. And when we're talking about the first-round pick, I have a hard time just taking a guy well, I don't think he'll score as many as points, but because of the positional domination is what you're really drafting for. So I'm I'm like nine through twelve, no problem taking Travis Kelsey. I can't do it at five. What do you? What about you, Bob? Oh hell yeah, all day long. Uh, okay. So so positional uh, dominance is a thing, right? I want leverage over the field, and Travis Kelsey gives you that like no other player in the league. If you think he's going to continue to be Travis Kelsey, uh, then it's an easy argument for me to make. I have taken him anywhere from one overall uh down to the end the range you said like again i'm in a lot of drafts so i have the luxury i think last year jonathan taylor taught me a lesson don't put all your eggs in a single basket uh with that first pick overall so i've had a number uh, an array of first overall picks and i've spread it out a little bit because i think there's six guys maybe seven now with b john who i think i could live with there travis kelsey is one of those guys i, th- I do think the earlier i get them the better i like the builds Right. So if I'm waiting till like eight or nine and I get them, then coming around, I, I it's because often what you end up doing, if you get them in one, two, three, four, you're coming around, you're grabbing Mahomes, and then you're circling around. So you've got that initial stack built, you know, it's going to be pretty solid. But, but there is something to be said for leverage over the field, people. Don't, don't be totally dismissive of it. Um, I get if it's not everyone's cup of tea uh, in tight end premium leagues, it makes it a way easier uh, decision to be. But even in regular leagues, I think his dominance at the position makes it easy for me to go with him if I'm going in that direction yeah tight end premium take him number one overall that, that, that no questions there danielle are you comfortable with taking him in the top five you know i can see either argument here but when we look at the tight ends going into this season we have mark andrews george kittle travis kelsey and that's the top three and anything below that can change around and it's very inconsistent we have this conversation every single week of our show saying what are the tight ends doing other than kelsey uh, okay, not much. So purely because of the production value of the tight end right now, I'm going to go with Kelsey in that spot if I have that fifth round pick. But I can see the other way around because I really don't want to pass up pass up a Bijan Robinson or another player. So I can see other <clears> ways, but I think Kelsey just edges it out a little bit. I think it's worth noting. I mean, he would have been what what wide receiver seven or eight yeah. last year and just in total points. So you know, you're not you're not hosing yourself either way, but but it's just if you're interested in that positional, you know, dominance, then then that's the move. If you feel like you can, you know, work it out, we always say, you know, oh, I'll just, uh, you know, if you miss on the top tight ends, I'll just go ahead and stream up. Well, you were joining a, like what nine other teammates, league mates, who are also going to be trying to stream those guys or whatever. You know, it's it, the streaming is easier said than done, 
you know, I think for the most part. So there's something to be said for having one of those early guys. Uh, you know, I, there's a handful I like in the middle tier too that I'm pretty happy with. Darren Waller, Dallas Goddard, you know, Evan Ingram, all those guys are fine for me as well. Uh, but but Kelsey is going to give you that win every week at the position. Yeah, I, mean, I can't argue with it at all. Just as the conservative voice, the last time Travis Kelsey was being unanimously taken in the first round, Mark Andrews wound up being the tight end one just for that one year. I'm yep. just, just to throw that out Happens. there. But I, yeah, I can't can't argue with it strongly. Uh, let's talk about Greg Dolchich. We'll go back on the back end, on the other side of this thing. We're looking for tight ends in that tight end two range who maybe are those streaming options or maybe are those sleeper drafting options. And he's one of those guys that comes to mind. Now, my problem is I'm not as big on Greg Dolchich. I think I have him at tight end 617 right now at the moment. His ADP about tight end 15, a little bit lower. And the reason why is because unless Russell Wilson recaptures what he was three years ago, if he comes in between, like we've talked about earlier on this show, there's a lot of mouths to feed with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. I think Tim Patrick's no slouch. You're going to have the running backs coming out of the backfield. I know Sean Payton's talked him up, used him in that joker position. He's had productive tight ends before, but I am not ready for the second year breakout on a tight end. I'm more about that third year breakout on a tight end. I'm just not quite there on Greg Dolchich. But Bob, what do you think? I'm not quite there either, but the code word has been thrown out there, right? We hear something, you know, Sean Payton said he's a joker. Well, that I don't know what the hell that is, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, and and to, to be fair, I did have talked to, you know, people in Denver who think he looks amazing. He's going to be exactly what Sean Payton wants, that seam splitting talent that can, you know, create mismatches across the, you know, across the course of the game. So, um, so uh, the price is not exorbitant. I do know people who are higher than him. I wanted to say, I mean, like in my pros versus or pros with Joe's league, uh, pros versus Joe's league. It's like, uh, I want to say I saw him going the seventh round uh, right in the same range as some of the, you know, I, right after David and Joku is I think where he went. So, uh, so some people are, are higher on him. I don't have a lot of shares for the reasons you stated. I'm not, you know, I'm not entirely sold. And again, you know, if you're drafting tight ends, you know, later and I like he's not usually going around seven, I think he's a fair, you know, it's fair to take shots on him. There's others I'm willing to take shots on as well. Well, Danielle, I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, Cole Komet, Chig, Tyler Higby, where does Dolchus fall on that, that Dalton, Dalton Kincaid, where does he fall on that tier for you? Uh, kind of kind of lower I mean really they're all kind of interchangeable when you think about it especially for that tight end two spot where you just really need somebody because Kelsey has the bye week or for some reason if your tight end gets hurt um so I think they are kind of interchangeable and I had this really fun game last year where I decided for a while when my tight end got hurt I had to choose which tight end was going to be in that week and I did a whole carousel of tight ends and I kind of went through all of those that you just stated and um, I can easily say that um, I didn't have a standout winner. I think it really just depended on the week because one week one of them would get seven and the week next week they'd get zero. So, you know, like it's very hard to predict for me. So I think you can kind of go in the little carousel there and just kind of pick from a hat which one you want to have as your tight end too. It, it's the plight of the low end tight end one high end tight end two that you run into. And that, that's just, that's, that's the 
encapsulated that perfectly. Uh, talk about those type of guys. Joe Everett is somebody I'm not very excited by. I have him at tight end 19. And the big reason is Quentin Johnston. Yes, there's reasons to get excited about Everett as a streaming option when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams will go down in the past because Everett would then have to take the next step up. But this goes back to you added Quentin Johnston. I'm, I'm very big on as far as what his abilities are. And you'll have Josh Palmer now. I think there's not a scenario unless everybody gets hurt that ever becomes that default go-to option that he was at times last season. Is any is he on your radar at all, Bob? I mean, it's a tight end too. I mean, that's pretty much it. Or you know, even three. And you know, if you're playing the uh, the uh, best ball games and you're going that deep on guys, I, you know, the target share was great last year. But I think you know part of it was the reason you said right. I think the the you know what, what are you had the fifth most targets on the team last year. Probably yeah. have the fifth most this year, but I think a greater percentage will go to the guys. I mean, Williams and Allen were still ahead of them last year, despite missing the games. I think that number, that that number, that gap grows a little bit. So uh, that's the issue. You're you nailed it. Yeah, uh, Everett, Danielle, on your radar? Not really, unless my guy gets hurt and I'm looking for him there. <laughs> Michael Mayer, somebody on my dynasty boards, but not in a redraft, and that's kind of what we're focusing on. So I'm just going to move right into our very last segment, our over-unders for this division. Lock them in. It's a lock. All right, so let's kick it off with Denver. Minus 110 over or under at 8.5 wins, that is. Bob, what do you got? I'm not betting it, but I'll take the under. I I hate taking the under. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not an <laughs> under person, but uh, I, don't, I don't think they'll hit eight and a half. It's it's so not very exciting. Uh, I yeah, and then the line's good by the way because I actually yeah. have them at eight and nine. So this kind of makes it a pain. So technically, I'm on the under, but uh, it doesn't feel very good. This is a bet I probably stay away from. Danielle, do you have a pick here? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go the under. I'm looking at their schedule right now, and um, they have to play some some harsh competitors. So I don't know about this one. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Hey, Kansas City. Plus 125 on the over, minus 155 on the under. So it's almost not even a, a good bet to make if you're going to bet the under. But 12 and a half wins. Do we think they get to 13, Bob? Yes. I tend to agree. Yeah, I, especially with the value being plus 125 on the over, that's the bet I'm going to make. What, what about you, Danielle? Yeah, I'm making that bet any days. I think I'm going to go with the over. Here's one I thought was interesting. Minus 120 over, plus 100 on the under when it comes to the Chargers at nine and a half. I have to take the over, even though I'm giving up a little bit on the odds. I definitely think this is a team that gets to 10 wins. Bob? Taking the over as well there. Absolutely. Yeah. Danielle? I hope they can get to 10 wins, but I think I'm going to go Ooh. with the under. All right. So our only lock so far has been Kansas City. What about the Raiders? Plus 110 on the over, minus 130 on the under at six and a half. Bob, I'll take the over there. I am also taking the over. I think they're going to be more. If Jimmy G stays healthy 15 games, I think it'd be more competitive than people are giving them credit for. Closer Danielle. to 500 for sure. Yeah. Danielle? Yes. Uh, I think six and a half is kind of a brutal number to put them at. So I'm going to go with the over there. I hope All they're right. paying attention. Yeah. yeah pretty much. <laughs> right. I, I feel like this is going on. So Kansas City and the Raiders are our locks of the day that does it for the show bob thank you so much for coming on and taking the time let everyone know where you they should be following you at i mean everyone in the fantasy industry should be following you anyway but just in case there's a few stragglers out there and what do you got coming up you want people to check out 
Football Die Hard is where you find everything. Uh, at Football Die Hard on whatever they're calling it today. Um, and uh, otherwise, go to footballdiehards.com. You can hear me on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio as well. Four days a week, look for Football Die Hards. Use the on-demand. It's easier that way. <laughs> I love it. Simple and easy to find. And a great follow at that. Uh, Danielle, you and I will be back on Thursday. I think Chris will be joining the show. He'll be back for that as well. We'll be doing a best ball mock draft. Our last best ball mock draft of the season. Because then we'll be just be diving full into redraft strategies for the rest of August. So that's what we got coming up at our normal time, 930 on Thursday on our YouTube channel. Make sure you download us on your favorite podcast app. And everybody... Have a great summer.